Welcome back to the Murdy Creative Co. Podcast. I'm your host, Colin Murdy, and today's topic is the Chicago Tea Party. But first, I want to say thank you to everyone who supported the company so far. If you've got a chance, go check us out on the web at murdycreative.co. That's M-U-R-D-Y creative.co. You can check out all of our social links at the top of the website, including our Discord channel. Be sure to reach out to us there if you want to get a little more information behind the scenes. Also, be sure to check out murdycreative.co slash collabs if you'd like to represent the company and get a little something for selling the product yourself. All right. So I have ranted and raved for years about the idiocracy that permeates the way that sales tax is done for e-commerce. I have had many episodes about this issue throughout the history of this podcast. And here's another one. So I will recap very briefly for all of those who, of you who have not been subjected to the inanity of this absurd concept. But here we are. In 2018, Wayfair versus South Dakota was a Supreme Court decision that changed a long-standing rule that had existed since the 1990s. The prior rule said that if you paid and you bought for something online, you had to tell the state that you bought X number of dollars of goods online and then you had to remit the sales tax directly to the state. Well, shock of all shocks, nobody does that because that would be dumb. Because why would you pay more taxes than you already have to? And South Dakota relies very heavily on sales tax to fund its government operations. So they sued Wayfair and said that Wayfair had to collect because Wayfair had what they described as a significant economic presence inside the state that constituted nexus. Now, some of this stuff is just made up on the spot. The short answer is this. If you have a warehouse or an employee in a state you have a physical presence in the state that creates what's called nexus, which means that your, your business formally exists in that state in some form or capacity. Because it formally exists with a physical space, you have to collect sales tax. However, there's a lot of e-commerce businesses now, mine included, with no physical presence in any state but Wisconsin, for example, for mine. Now, this creates a different problem for a lot of these states because they have their own local businesses that are retail businesses that have to collect sales tax in their local jurisdictions. And that's fair enough, right? Right. If you're a local butcher shop, you've got to collect sales taxes on the place that you have sales in, right? But if you're a e-commerce business selling beef boxes, subscription boxes, you don't have to pay sales tax, or at least you didn't theoretically under the old principle. But they changed that with Wave versus South Dakota. Now, in the dissenting opinion, it was made very clear that this was going to be impossible for small businesses to comply because there are over 10,000 tax jurisdictions in the United States alone. It's a lot of tax jurisdictions, and it allowed each state to develop their own rules for what constituted this new thing that they described as economic nexus. What do you ask is the economic nexus? Well, it just says that if you do enough business in the state... You have this kind of a spiritual presence. You have this kind of ethereal presence that means that you should have to collect sales tax and pay the state. And if this sounds like the state is making up nonsense so that they have more opportunities to tax you, you're right. However, you'd be shocked to know that nobody in the government cares. So that's where we're at. With the change of wafer versus South Dakota, it meant that all of the 50 states could decide their own unique sales tax policy for out-of-state sellers. Now, the Constitution has its own problems with this, but besides that, the Supreme Court decision did outline some examples of what constituted nexus. I'll give you an example. You either do $100,000 in business in a state or 200 unique transactions. Now, 
for those of you paying attention, you may hear 100,000, think that's a lot of money. Of course, you should have to pay sales tax if you do that much business in the state. And you know what? Fair enough. But 200 transactions, that's not that many, especially if you're selling a low cost item. Suddenly, if you're selling something that's $20 or $10 or $15, you can hit 200 units, 200 unique transactions pretty quick. And now you have to comply with the unique sales tax experience that that state sets up. And yes, each state is different. And yes, each state has its own filing portal. And yes, each state has its own unique tax jurisdictions and its own unique rules on what merchandise counts for what tax policy. And oh, it's changing all the time. And if that sounds absurd, it is. Big businesses like Target and Walmart and all of these other big places, they have to collect sales tax everywhere anyway because they have physical locations. So this change in this rule really was designed specifically to target e-commerce businesses and specifically small e-commerce businesses because large e-commerce businesses normally have warehouses in various states and the warehouses that they have in various states trigger physical nexus. To make matters worse, if I have economic nexus in the state of Illinois, I have no physical presence, which means I have no physical address. Well, if I have no physical address, it means I have no representation in the Illinois State Senate or say State House of Assembly, right? So because I have no representation in the local government of that state, because I have no physical address, I have no representation in that state. So for those of you going, wait, this sounds oddly familiar. It sounds like taxation without representation. You're also right about that. Beyond that, obviously, the whole point is, it's way easier for the government to screw out-of-state sellers and out-of-state businesses who don't have representatives that need to be elected in their state than it is for them to have to do anything about their own local restrictions. Now, all that to be said, we have had to deal with this absurd sales tax nonsense for a while now. In fact, it's one of the major reasons we stopped selling on Amazon Prime because there are 38 states with warehouses. And if we had Amazon fulfillment by Amazon with our products and it was on Amazon Prime, it means that it has to be in Amazon warehouses. But our products could be in any one of those Amazon warehouses in those 38, soon to be more, states, which means we have to collect sales tax in all of the states that we have a warehouse product. And I can't tell you which product is going to be in which warehouse at any given time because Amazon doesn't tell me, which means we have to collect in all 38 states, assuming that we have product in those warehouses and we have to collect sales tax in those 38 states on website sales from our website because we have Nexus. So that's why we stopped selling on Amazon Prime. If you go and you buy it on Amazon, it's fulfill, you're buying it through Amazon, but it's coming from our workshop directly. But that was such an enormous expense and the compliance cost alone was thousands of dollars. The software needed to tra keep track of this is expensive and complicated and we obviously rely on it very heavily because when it's wrong, we're in trouble. But all this aside, we hit economic nexus in 2022 in Illinois, right at the very end of the year. Now, you may say to yourself, well, if you hit economic nexus right at the end of the year, does that mean you have to collect sales tax for that year? Answer is, is well, it's hard to tell because the state sales tax rules are relatively vague on purpose, in my opinion, and the judicial system hasn't had that many cases to create case law precedent. So, theoretically, and we caught this in a recent audit, but theoretically we were supposed to file for sales tax in Illinois prior. Now, the system started collecting sales tax in Illinois automatically because it knew that we crossed economic nexus. 
I wish someone would have told me. Here we are anyway. Well, the way that economic nexus works in the state of Illinois, specifically, because each state, like I said, has their own unique rules, it's based off of a 12-month calendar year cycle, which means that if you establish economic nexus in December, you only have economic nexus in Illinois in December, and you hadn't had it any prior months, and in the new year, you technically don't have nexus anymore until you hit that because they don't have anything called trailing nexus. Some states have what they call trailing nexus, which means that if you hit nexus, you automatically have nexus for the X number of months after that point. And the idea, theoretically, is that if you hit nexus in, and it's based on a 12 year, 12 calendar, month calendar year cycle, you're going to hit it in December and then you're not going to hit it again until the next year in November or December. And so the idea is that, well, we're just going to use trailing nexus to make sure that you always have nexus going forward. But Illinois doesn't have that. However, once you have next economic nexus, you have to file for what's called an ST1, which is their ability to collect sales tax. You have to register with them to collect sales tax. If you have economic nexus, let's say in December of 2022, you may not have nexus in January of 2023, but you still have to file zero collected sales tax in January because you didn't have economic nexus, but they don't necessarily know that, nor do they care. So you have to file zeros. Well, that gets really, really complicated because sometimes you have to collect sales tax in the state and then sometimes you don't. So our standing company policy has been, once we hit economic nexus in a state, we continue to collect sales tax in that state regardless of whether we technically have economic nexus and we remit those sales taxes to the state as if we had economic nexus because the ability for us to just turn it on and off depending on where we are at in the year, it gets way too complicated to manage and it's just a pain in the butt. And oh, by the way, I'm pretty confident that that's why the states do it the way they do it because they know that it's too complicated for small businesses to fight them or to do anything but just collect sales tax. And so the states that would not normally get sales tax see an enormous boost from e-commerce sales tax people because they just continue to collect even when the nexus lapses because they don't want to file zeros. So that happened to us and I didn't know it. Our system continued to collect Illinois sales tax, and at the end of this last year, when I was redoing our audits to figure out all this stuff out, I discovered that we had collected an enormous amount of money that we owed the state of Illinois. Because once you collect the sales tax, you have two choices. You either give it back to the people if you don't have economic nexus, that is one option because you incorrectly collected it, or you have to pay it to them regardless of whether you had economic nexus, pay that to the state of Illinois, regardless of whether you had economic nexus, because keeping it is fraud because you collected the money as tax. And by the way, there's a case in New York where a guy went to jail for doing precisely that. Whether it was malicious or not is obviously up to the jury. But the point of the matter is this, there's case law now about that. So if you collect it, you have to either return it or remit it. You cannot keep it. So. Being a good boy, I filed our paperwork in Illinois at the end of the year, and each state, like I said, gets to determine their own rules about when you have to file, what your filing frequency is. I'll give you an example. My wife's business doesn't do very much business. We're pretty, there she's pretty much exclusively in the state of Wisconsin. She filed with the state of Wisconsin, and they said that they need her to report her sales once per year, and that's called annual filing, obviously. They have quarterly filing, which is once every quarter, obviously. And then there's monthly filing, which is also self-explanatory. Monthly filing is a very serious burden because it's time-consuming. And Illinois, by the way, has 410 
tax jurisdictions. Which means that when you are reporting your sales for that month to the state of Illinois, you have to tell them what of those 410 unique sales tax jurisdictions had how much in sales. And yes, if that sounds like an enormous amount of inane paperwork, you're right. Well, of course, we got selected to do monthly, which means we had 24 months that we had to go back and do the paperwork for. And oh, by the way, there's penalties for being late on that. Thank you very much. And oh, if we didn't get it filed within 30 days of receiving the letter that said that we were late on them, we were going to have a minimum of $250 fees for the late filings on top of the, the penalties. And oh, by the way, 24 times 250 means that that would have been $6,000 in fees on top of the taxes and on top of the late penalties. So, those of you who are history buffs can see where I'm going with this title. Either way, I still paid the taxes, and I spent all of the time that I should have been putting the mill together. And by the way, the mill arrived, and we did get it in the room, and there's a whole video on that. If you're looking for that on Instagram, it's pretty cool. We got it in the room, we got it set up, and nobody died. So, there's that. But I spent all of the rest of the week, rather than putting the mill together and getting my company moving along, and it's many, many, many operations, and getting the bars launched, and the new products launched that I wanted, because I have a whole slew of new products that we need to get out to the market when I have a minute. Instead, I spent three days filling out paperwork for the state of Illinois. And then, oh, by the way, for the pleasure of filling out paperwork, you also get to pay them money. And as my father wisely pointed out, it wasn't my money that I was giving them. That's their sales tax, and I collected it on their behalf, and they're very grateful for me, too. That's why they're so grateful they're going to make me pay extra money because I was late put delivering it to them. It's great to be the government. Milton Friedman once talked about, he's a very famous economist for those of you who don't know, once famously talked about the idea that corporate taxes and sales tax is wrong because fundamentally it's a way to disguise taxes that the individual still pays. He said that if the government actually sent you the bill for the amount of money you actually are paying them, and to in total, there would be an immediately re immediate revolt. And he's absolutely right about that. Because let's say you're making $60,000, right? That's a good wage, right? You're making $60,000. I think the tap top tax rate at that point is 15%, right? So you're paying, before discounts and deductions and all that other stuff, you're paying $10,000, $15,000, right? That's a lot of money. But that doesn't include the fact that every time you buy something from a large corporation, the corporation pays corporate tax. Well, they're just passing that along to you, the consumer, in the form of higher cost of goods. And then you go and you buy from another company that has sales tax, and oh, that sales tax, you don't even think about it that much when it's in your purchase, but that money goes right to the government as well, and that's still coming out of your pocket. So if you actually saw how much money you paid to the federal government, to the state governments, to your local governments, between your property taxes, your sales tax, your corporate taxes that have to be paid, and your individual taxes, it would be just shocking in a terrible way. But thankfully, you don't ever have to worry about that because I get it collected on the state's behalf. So you're just going to be mad at me because my, my products are too expensive because their sales tax charges an additional 5 or $10. The sales tax, by the way, for Illinois, on average, is 10%. Right? So if you're buying in a $100 product from me, $10 on top of that will be charged to you for the state of Illinois. So that's how it goes. It's very annoying. 
both in principle and in practice. It's incredibly time consuming. And we pay a separate third party company to file on our behalf. Obviously, they can't go back in time and file on our behalf. So I had to do that all manually. But going forward, they'll file on our behalf. Except that they charge us a decent amount of money to do that every month and they, for the auto filing fees. And they do that for all of the states that we have to auto file in. And now we're getting up there. And that's expensive. It's just a pure compliance cost. The only reason that that company exists is because of Wayfair versus South Dakota. The only reason that we pay what we pay to them for that is because of Wayfair versus South Dakota. Anyway, it's been a frustrating week to have to deal with that. And it's frustrating enough for me to just say this is absurd. But at the end of the day, I don't have a lot of recourse. Once upon a time, there was a, a bill in the finance committee at the Senate level of the United States that basically said that all businesses under $10 million in sales annually were exempt from sales tax. Boy, that would have been awesome if that went through. But it never went anywhere, of course, because it's, well, it's giving money back to people and well, the government doesn't like doing that. So here we are. Anyway, thankfully, it's all done now. So I can actually get back to the real things that I do to benefit my society and community and all those other things other than being a tax collector for the government. I feel like the sheriff of Nottingham, it's like my least favorite part of this business is how much money I have to give to them. But the point is that beyond that, we've got so many exciting things now that are coming down the pike. New products that I'm very, I've been waiting months to launch this product, um, to be honest. It's just, we didn't want to do it before Christmas. We didn't want to do it during Christmas. I didn't really want to do it shortly after Christmas because I was working on the bars and the mail and all of that other stuff. So I got a new product that I'm very excited about. Hopefully, it will be coming soon. Maybe by the end of February, if we can pull it off. It'll be a tough pull, but maybe we can do it. We got all sorts of cool new marketing stuff coming out. I'm really excited about that. And beyond that, the mill is just opening up whole new worlds for us. And I got to talk a little bit more about the differences between CAD, computer-aided design, and CAM, computer-aided machining, and the software challenges that are going to be going into getting this new mill that we now have in the building and hooked up to power to actually make something. So for those of you who've been paying attention to the bar saga, we're like at step 76 of 100. Which is pretty good, considering the fact that I wasn't 100% sure we were going to make it past step six. So, in the end, things are moving along. Despite my distaste and dislike for the current situation with the sales tax climate, there's not much I can do about it. And if any of you know about ways that I can do something about it, let me know. I would like to do something about it. This is absurd, and it's getting way out of control. But I digress. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week. Stay tuned for the Thursday episode of Behind the Scenes. Obviously, I'm gonna, I missed last week's writing tip on Wednesday. I'm going to try to do one this week. Like I said, it's busy, it's challenging, but that's the way it goes. Hopefully, we'll get that out. And in the meantime, we appreciate all of you who've supported the company in the past and will continue to support the company. If you have any issues whatsoever with your product, please send us a message. We want to help. You can either email us at salas at murdycreative.co, sales at murdycreative.co. You can send us a message on the main page of our website. You can text us at 414-434-9001. You can call us at that number, 414-434-9001. If you don't give a hold of us, leave us a voicemail. We do respond to those. We get back to people. So we're happy to help you. We want to take care of you. For those of you who like the podcast, share it with your friends. It really does help me. And uh, for those of you that are interested in being up to date with things, be sure to subscribe and hit the like button, the bell, notification bell to get notified when we have new episodes. I try to get one out every Tuesday if I can pull it off. Uh, if you think we deserve it, a good review can go a long way to help us grow. Both a review on the product itself if you have one, but also a review on the podcast wherever you're listening. If you want to leave a review on the product, you can go to murdercreative.co slash review. 
on that page, it'll take you to wherever the current place that we're accepting reviews are. I believe right now it's Google. If you go to murdercreative.co slash reviews, you can read all of our amazing reviews and I just love them. It's like reading those reviews is just like a warm, fresh summer breeze and it's wonderful and we, I, all of us appreciate it. I read them out loud to the team oftentimes. So please do that. And uh, if you're looking to know a little bit more about the company and you want to see what other people think of us, go check those out. If you have any podcast topics you want to hear more about, send them my way. I'm always looking for things to talk about. And I want to help give you guys what you're looking for. So either reach out to us via Discord, if you've got comments on Discord, um, or you can reach out to us, which is the, the Discord link is at the top of the description below. But also you can reach out to us via email. I'm happy to, to read those and check those out. So definitely check that out. If you're looking for multiple items for gifts, giveaways, menus, really any reason, we have bulk discounts built directly into our cart. All you need to do is add whatever product you want. You can mix and match to your heart's desire and then hit checkout when you're all ready to go. It'll auto-apply the appropriate discount for that quantity, and you can go from there. If you'd like to get a custom engraved item, we have no minimum order quantities and no setup fees. It's a simple flat fee, normally about $15, depending on the size and complexity. And you can check that out using the Add Custom Logo blue button below the Add to Cart button on most of the product pages. That'll open up the customizer. You can add logos, engrave things, and all this sort of stuff. And then you can hit Add to Cart. Once you hit Add to Cart, you're able to check out with that specific, uniquely created item. Please don't use any copyright images you don't have permission for. It gets us into trouble. You'd think it'd get you into trouble, but nope, it gets us into trouble. So definitely please don't do that. If you do have permission for something that's cool and unique and otherwise protected, feel free to send that along via email. It always helps us simplify the process. Appreciate you guys so much. Have a great day and goodbye.